0: So it's very easy to start a Facebook or Twitter and you do that too. But fundamentally you're um, almost like a digital sharecropper. You don't own the land that you're cultivating and growing things on. And so if you know if you get serious about it and if you like it and if you think it's something that you might want to be around for a while or have a big impact on the world, it's great to have your own domain. And so that's as easy as like you can go to WordPress.com, plunk down I don't know what the latest price is, 30 or 50 bucks for your, you get a domain, you get a website, you get like all this sort of stuff. And that truly belongs to you and no one can take it away from you. Um, Even the code itself. It's kind of like you both have the car and the blueprint for how to build one. (laughs) And you have the ability to modify anything in it. And you know, so the whole thing belongs to you. And that ownership I think is really, really important for free society, right? Like that's one of the things I think free societies are built on is this idea of property rights and private ownership and things like that so like you should have that on the online as well
1: welcome to the lone star play podcast i'm your host patrick scott armstrong join me and a famous guest every monday wednesday and friday we discuss their career life food texas and everything in between let's get started How are we doing guys? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Star Plate. Yes, I'm Patrick your host Um, Yeah, gosh, I'm doing good. Thank you for asking Um, (laughs) Okay, so got a great episode today Um, I had a great conversation with Matt Mullenweg. I hope I'm saying them right. Um, I know I am Uh, He's from Houston and uh, he is the owner of and founder of WordPress, Um, well, owns it, doesn't own it really now. It's a free, you can't really own it. You know, this is the whole problem with this stuff that I don't understand, you know, tech and source and coding. And that's why we get into this. So Matt Mulweg, who, you know, created WordPress, and this, this sort of free open source coding uh, thing that, look, it's I, I forget exactly the percentage in the episode that we talk about. But it's it's absolutely astronomical how much of something he created is being used on the Internet. I'm talking the Internet. OK, global Internet, the whole world. Okay, 25%, 30%, something crazy like that. A third of the internet is using something he created. That's nuts. Okay, that is nuts. And uh, yeah, so I got a chance to talk to Matt. He's down in Houston, um, you know, running his business and and everything he's got going. And, uh, you know, we talk about that again. This is why we bring these people on so we can get into these conversations. I don't really know much about coding, but he definitely breaks down some stuff for us and uh, we can learn a little bit um, about it. A really cool guy. Um, just down to earth. And he was so patient with me of, you know, asking, I guess like, I'm talking to a genius. Okay. And it, it was like, right. I mean, just a peanut trying to have a conversation with uh, an elephant. I, that, that's, that's not that's that's not the right that doesn't make sense see this i can't even put together the right analogy um or metaphor so i don't even know which one it is i'm you know i'm digging a hole here guys so uh, you know, let's just enjoy the show okay matt mullenweg from houston wordpress we all know wordpress you've probably um some people have probably you know put some holes in some walls you kick some doors you've thrown a computer across the you know across the room uh so you know um or you've, you know, whatever, it's it can be frustrating, right? Doing this stuff, doing websites and stuff. So, you know, um, he, he was just an amazing guy and, and it was just a really cool conversation. So you guys are really going to enjoy it. So just check it out, WordPress, Matt Molmweg. And uh, okay, before we get to the episode, don't forget, check us out on social media, Texas Real Food, right? Follow us, like us, you can see the other posts. Um, and there's also lots of other stuff from Texas Real Food that you can find. So not just the podcast recipes and videos about food and stuff and we talk about food too with matt which was which was really cool um but uh well we talk food with everybody right we try to and um yeah you know don't forget go to youtube if you're watching the youtube click the subscribe down there and um you know get the notifications because again we release episodes all week long this content we release content all week long every day all day we are releasing content so you can find all kinds of great stuff and keep you in the loop right so uh, thank you so much as always for listening uh, we here at the team just really appreciate uh, you guys keeping us in business and keeping us going we're, we're putting more effort into the podcast and doing more things you're going to see more from us and we're getting bigger and better guests and it's just getting better and better guys so uh, without y'all support that honestly wouldn't be happening um so really do appreciate it it starts with you guys and i don't want to say it ends with you guys right that sounds dark um <laughs> so um it continues with you guys right see found the words all right so okay thank you so much let's check out the episode enjoy it matt mullenweg wordpress boom but again no, thank you so much matter i really You taking the time, man. I was really looking forward to this conversation. Now, look, you're going to have to uh, forgive me. I'm uh, naive, ignorant uh, when it comes to technology uh, in some ways. You know, I'm a chef. Uh, You know, I come from cooking. I like things I can hold in my hand, Uh, (laughs) and uh, you know, technology and stuff. I'm, I'm sure you hear that from a lot of people. It seems like something so foreign uh in in a lot of ways you know so Uh, yeah just you know I'm real curious uh well you know first I, I guess I'm just gonna start with why why um have you always been into like technology
0: and you know that sort of thing growing up yeah I probably got it from my father so my dad um you know growing up in Houston he worked for mostly oil companies brown and root et cetera, Halliburton. Yeah. And oh, he wow. got an early computer science degree from University of Houston in the 70s. And so there were always, he's a tinkerer. You know, he would fix our cars. He would build stuff of wood. <laughs> when he was, before I was born, he would build surfboards and stuff. And so at some point he started building computers and programs. And um, so that was always around, you know, every son wants to be like their father, or at least I did. Yeah. And so whatever he would do, I would, I would just kind of follow. He's the reason I played the saxophone uh, when he goes along. Him with like a little toy more <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i did that too that's funny <laughs> so so your father uh definitely the one that sort of got you interested into creating right just sort of creating these things out of new technology uh, but you you've sort of taken it a step further you know which is the coding part and that's that's something a little different to me because you've got like the physical like you said your dad took physically mm-hmm. took apart computers and stuff but then you've got you know, right the soft the language the the inside of it. Um, did your father ever you know play around with that stuff too that led you to that, or
0: yeah, that was kind of his his day job was programming. so yeah, when you move from atoms to bits right uh, from the physical <laughs> world to the the digital world, it's so empowering because you can have very fast feedback loop, right you it, it feels like you're building something with your hands. <laughs> you, you write some lines, you see if it works, if it doesn't, if it compiles or not. And then, you know, the big thrill for me was having my code used by other people. So yeah. the first time, so um, before WordPress, I contributed to what's called an open source project, which is kind of like a, you know, a program that people collaborate all over the world on. Um, kind of like WordPress is itself. And, um, you know, I submitted code To be included in this software and it was accepted and so I was like one that was so cool because like the code i wrote as being a you know 18 19 year old kid in houston was good enough to reach this worldwide thing and then it was there and then thousands of people were running it on their websites and that was like just a huge rush for me and that uh is definitely what how i caught the bug for creating web software
1: yeah that's so you liked you like seeing someone implement the work that you took the time to figure out, right? Whatever it was.
0: I mean, yeah. that's, that's cool. In particular, my passion is is creating canvas, right? So WordPress is like a canvas, a paintbrush. Like what you paint with it is very different from what other people are going to paint with it. Yeah. But when you are able to create that environment for people to express so much creativity, I get a huge charge out of that. It's like making an instrument and then seeing Jimi Hendrix play it or something like that. You know, there's, there's just a huge... Um, yeah, it just feels very fulfilling. And so I feel like that's my, my place in the world is to create the things that help other people create things.
1: That's awesome. No, that's, I mean, look, it's, you know, I I actually got the statistics a little wrong. I was looking up, you know, how much WordPress has, and I don't even really even know what the statistic means, to be honest with you. But it's (laughs) like, you know, I had read like 28% of the internet, like it, it is a part of 28% of the internet. But then I was messaging back with some of your people and they're like, no, no, no. It's actually even more than that. It's like 38%. I was like, holy (laughs) shit, it's even more than that. I mean, what does that even mean really exactly? When it says 38 or 40, like what does that mean to to someone like me? Like I'm assuming, you know, 40% of the parking lot is taken up by WordPress, right? That's what I think (laughs) in
0: my mind. Yeah, I guess a good way to think of it is like, if you're making a website, you can use anything right? And, uh, you know, about 38% of people have chosen to use WordPress. And I see that as a trailing indicator of um, how well we're doing serving users. You know, are we listening to what people want? Are we adapting? You know, WordPress is 17 years old. (laughs) A lot has changed in that time, including like the mention of the iPhone, (laughs) you know? So like you have to change. If you don't evolve, you just become completely irrelevant. And uh, so it's like a wave, you know, we, we need to make sure that we're um, always adapting and always updating to you know, what you want and, and what, you know, the teenagers want or what your kids are going to want and things like sure. that.
1: Yeah, no, it's awesome. I think it's, um, you know, I think it's amazing. I mean, WordPress, it's like everybody knows WordPress it's like this. It's almost, I mean, it's <laughs> I, mean, working on that. I mean, I I mean, don't know, i mean in your world, I love it from your perspective, you know, that's what's cool about this is that like, from your perspective, it's a totally different thing, right? From my perspective, I think WordPress, everybody knows WordPress here, like that's like, to me, that's like Google, honestly, in my mind, I think WordPress, Google, it's just like the same sort of thing as so many people use it and so many people, So many people get angry about it. That's how you know you have a good product, I think, (laughs) that so many people get upset about it, you know, because they use it, right? And they're frustrated by it. But I love that your approach is, you know, look, we want to make this for you to make it, right? This is a tool for you to use, not for me to say, this is where you go. Um, And I love that. And I think maybe some people don't like that for some weird reason,
0: Well, or, or they might just be frustrated with the software. Like, it's not perfect by any degree. Sure. I, I'm probably the unhappiest WordPress user in the world. Like, I see all, <laughs> all the flaws, all the scenes, all the things wrong. So, nice. you know, we just try to make it a little bit better every day. And that's really kind of our philosophy is just we, we work really hard at it. Literally yeah. every day of the week, pretty much, as someone committing code to WordPress or working on WordPress. And, um, and you do that long enough. Um, it just starts to get better and better and suck a little less every day. And <laughs> if we're able to keep that up, I, I think that hopefully the people who don't like it today might give it another chance a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, like we're going to be around. So like, if you don't like it today, that's totally fine. Maybe we haven't figured out how to make it accessible or tailored to your use case or something like that. But, um, I encourage people who maybe have checked it out before and didn't like it. Check it out again. I <laughs> it's so much better than it even was like three months ago that, uh, that it, it is worth uh, giving it another chance just periodically. Yeah, that, that, I mean that makes a lot of sense. Uh, come back
1: to it, you know, that things have updated or changed, like you said. Uh, yeah. yeah, that makes so Today sense. Today,
0: WordPress is a little bit. It is kind of like a power tool, like an SLR camera, or learning to drive is maybe a good analogy. Like you know, when you first got in a car, you kind of had to learn like how to shift and which pedal is which and things like that. Um, but once you got over that initial learning curve. The world was your oyster, right? It it opens up so much freedom, so much optionality for you, especially being in Texas. You remember when you got your (laughs) learner's permit or your license? Like it's like,
1: oh yeah,
0: uh, that's exactly right. (laughs) So it's the same when you use WordPress. Like all of a sudden, you'll see websites not as something you consume, but you can look at any website and be like, oh. I think I can figure out how to do that. You start to see how they're put together and the blocks, the building blocks of them. And the entire web becomes like a set of Legos. And you can kind of figure out like, oh, here's how they did that. Here's how I can do that.
1: Oh, wow. Man, that's really cool. Uh, I like the way you put that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's you know, that's what people are trying to do, right? When they get online, they're trying to, well, at least when they create a website, they want to create something that's different and stands out and at the same time mm-hmm. learn something. Uh, yeah, because most people don't know how to design a website and that's probably where maybe some of these ideas came from you know because you didn't know how to code and you know you know people don't know how to do all this stuff they get scared by you know you hear html or i don't even know if that's the coding that's used now yeah, it's, uh, still around. <laughs> it, it, it's still around okay good yeah so you know yeah i'm curious why why develop wordpress and then on top of that why make it free and open source that sounds crazy if you're trying to make money
0: Hmm. Um, those are two interesting questions. I guess one, I had started blogging and seeing how great it was. It's not new by any regards. Like you know, the founding fathers would make pamphlets and print them out and pass them out and, you know, <laughs> because that like physical blogging. Um, so there's always this. I think the written word is just an incredible way to communicate ideas, to clarify your own thinking. When you write things down, it, it makes you. Think about it in a different way. Um, uh, it's easy to consume, it's easy to translate. Like, there's just something very connecting um, and core to, I think, the evolution of humanity about the written word. And so, the practice of when I started blogging more regularly was incredibly rewarding, not just for the writing itself, but also for the audience that found it. So, you know, I didn't have a big audience, but the people who were there cared about the same things I cared about. And so, you start to get these comments or, or make connections uh, for people who are reading your stuff. And that's really valuable, you know, and it's kind of amazing. Like, it doesn't matter if you get thousands of views, you just get like the couple of people who you care about reading it, <laughs> even if it's just your friends, like that's pretty exciting <laughs> and pretty rewarding. So we want to make those tools available to everyone. You know, what we say our mission is, is to democratize publishing. And to us, what that means is that everyone has the means of production accessible to them. You know, you or I can use the exact same tools to publish that like Time Magazine does or the New York Post or something like that. You know, they're all using WordPress. So to be able to have the same printing press, the same access uh, to these tools is pretty powerful. And then you're on the Internet. So you're one click away from billions of people. Um, yeah. and it is, you know, you hear about things going viral or really picking up. Like there's so many examples of when people have created something that really resonates, um, with a wider audience. Sometimes it can get really huge and they get book deals or like other things. I don't think that's the reason to do it. Right. Cause like, <laughs> it's like saying, I want to play music to like, be taylor swift or something yeah. like that'll happen to some people but you play music because music will make your life better <laughs> and you'll bring joy to other people like even if you never get a record deal or something it still is gonna change your life in a really positive way
1: yeah well we hope that people think that way right that's that's uh the that's why we appreciate someone who's very endearing right and genuine right because it's yeah. It, there's no secret right there's no fake mission or this faux you know thing about it. it it just seems very real um yeah so that makes a lot of sense but at the same time it seems uh, first of all i love that I, I love i feel like you haven't been like corrupted by you know the the the, the big people running the world right there's this conspiracy right that there's this the only, illuminati you know, yeah the illuminati or the something meetings, crazy yeah <interesting>. I love that. I mean, it's just like first of all, that's just crazy to think about. But yeah, it's you know, it's it's great to know that you you know you still have this mindset of you just want people to have access to this, right? So that it almost levels the playing field. Is that sort of what you were going for?
0: Yeah, I I think that right now there's a lot of on ramps to the internet, right? But they're typically um, what we'll call like walled gardens or closed systems. So it's very easy to start a Facebook or Twitter you do that too, but fundamentally you're um, almost like a digital sharecropper. You don't own the land that you're cultivating and growing things on. And so if, you know, if you get serious about it and if you like it, and if you think it's something that you might want to be around for a while or have a big impact on the world, it's great to have your own domain. And so that's as easy as like, you can go to wordpress.com plunk down, I don't know what the latest price is, 30 or 50 bucks for your, you get a domain, you get a website, you get like all this sort of stuff. And that truly belongs to you. And no one can take it away from you. Um, Even the code itself, it's kind of like, you both have the car and the blueprint for how to build one. (laughs) And you have the ability to modify anything in it. And, you know, so the whole thing belongs to you. And that ownership, I think, is really, really important for free society, right? Like, that's one of the things I think free societies are built on is this idea of property rights and private ownership and things like that. So like you should have that on the online as well.
1: Dude, that's so awesome. No, we, we need people like you, man, that are, they essentially have our back as, um, you know, consumers in this digital world because the digital world is very confusing to a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, I'm sure even to yourself, to some extent, um, you know, you know, and for someone that just, doesn't really you know it's not part of their daily life or something it's good to have people that are taking care of these things without you even knowing like I wouldn't even know that we would need something like that right like that wouldn't even I just wouldn't even know but thankfully that you're you know putting a platform out there or service out there like this that you know people can have access to and Again I think it just levels the playing field and I think that's that's an important thing in technology. Like you said you, you're, I love that you, that quote you said about you, you're cultivating the land you don't even own right like that's mm-hmm. such a powerful statement when it comes to digital media and our you know our footprint our, our personal footprints online and get, you know getting ownership, getting control or power of that um, like you said you get a domain you get a thing it's yours you know you, you own it you don't it's, it's nobody else's
0: if if the platforms change, I mean, there was a time on the internet when AOL seemed like the dominant thing and would be around forever. And yeah, that's true. Not, <laughs> but that's, that's, true. that's if so you close. would ask people in the 90s, they would have been like, yeah.
1: Yeah, three, totally. Three
0: years, yeah. You know, <laughs> AOL will be around.
1: That guy that's got <laughs> the AOL s- tattoo, he's just like, damn <laughs> it, why did I <laughs> do that? <laughs>
0: totally. And the good news is it's not just me doing this. Like, so one of the cool things about WordPress is it's a group of volunteers from all over the world. You know, our last release, had I think over 600 people that contributed to it. And so there's people, and and the reason why a lot of us work on it is not just to have WordPress be more popular, it's for that freedom. We wanna increase the freedom in the world. And the best way to do that is make the easiest to use, you know, most powerful everything software. Um, but it's a means to an end of increasing freedom on the internet. So what does that mean exactly when you say you're
1: working with people all over the world to, to contributing to WordPress what, what does that mean exactly to just to let you know the layman, yeah. the average Joe
0: maybe a good analogy is you know how the Wikipedia works yeah Where there's like anyone can go in and submit an edit and other people might tweak I that see. or revert it or improve yeah. it um, open source is the same idea but for software so you know all the code behind WordPress is totally open you can see every line of it and uh, people go in and submit improvements And there's like editors, you know, what we call project leaders um, that'll accept them, deny them, tweak them, you know. And so when the new features get developed, that's kind of how they work. It's uh, we have meetings online. You know, there's people all over the world, often in different countries um, that English might not be their first language. So we just kind of meet online and coordinate everything through uh, like online chat and stuff. Wait, so these people, they don't even work for WordPress? They're just does this like me, just
1: like a random person who's like, oh, I think this, you know, code for WordPress, boom, boom. Th- yeah. That's what's ha- really. Yeah,
0: wow. so I have, I have a for-profit company called Automatic, which yeah. is like where I my, my my job. That's where I'm the CEO of, and of the 600 people in the last release, maybe 10% of them were from Automatic employees. Um, but yeah, that other ninety percent is just people all over the world. They sometimes they work for different companies, like the New York Times or GoDaddy. Sometimes they're just oh. passionate volunteers or users. Sometimes the people learning to code. You know, so it's actually pretty amazing if you think. You know, if you were learning to code and you went and said, "Hey, Facebook, can I work on your homepage?" They'd be like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> but you can come totally. to WordPress and say, "Hey, you know, can I change this thing?" And some of the best developers in the world will say, here's how you can make that better or here's why that's not a good idea. So it's actually a fantastic way. Contributing to open source is um, is a great way to learn. You know, when I used to do music, they always said, you don't want to be the worst person in the band because then you'd be learning the most from all the other band members. So, <laughs> you know, Particularly if you're, you know, I know a lot of people are changing careers right now or looking for different types of work. Yeah. Learning WordPress is an amazing way to have a business because WordPress has actually been going up because so many more people are moving online in the pandemic. And a great way to learn it is by contributing. You know, you're able to kind of like join the band yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and play around and you'll get feedback and and uh, if you want to even mentorship, you, know, you can always ask people like, hey, what do you think about this code? How is it going? Like, what can I improve?
1: God, this is, I had no idea all of this existed. I guess I just didn't know what that meant. Like, you know, I hear, right, I'm looking at open source, free and open Mm -hmm. source. And I think, first of all, I think of like movies, right? There's always this movie where some guy, I I wish I had a good example of a movie, right? Some guy's like, you know, you got a, a, a flash drive, right? It's some sort of like flash drive or something. And it's like, look, this, you know, some company wants to, whatever keep it for themselves and this people are fighting to give it to the world right is uh-huh, that essentially uh-huh. what what you you have done exactly is that is that what open source means it's just anybody yeah. has access
0: to it everyone has friend. access to it it's kind of like a cross between the wikipedia and maybe like the amish barn raising you know where the whole community comes together yeah. and builds something <laughs> um, so that that's probably like a, a good analogy And the cool thing is it's not just WordPress. So there's actually, at this point, probably millions of open source projects. And you're using some every day, even if you don't know it. So built into your iPhone, built into your computer, built into your car. There's open source libraries or bits of code that people created for others to reuse. And uh, you know, engineers, programmers don't like doing the same thing over and over again. So often, (laughs) instead of reinventing the wheel, we're just like, hey, here's, we call it a library that you can reuse over and over again. And um, yeah, if you go to a site like GitHub, you'll see that there's, that. I mean, that's just a repository of millions and millions of open source projects and uh, tens of millions, of hundreds of millions of people working together to do it. So I think it's cool, especially if you think of like what's gonna accelerate the evolution of humanity, it's gonna be more communication and collaboration, right? If, um, and that's also why something like a WordPress can get 38% of um, market share which is more than 10 times the number 2 in the market. Because what happened is all the people who were building other blogging systems or other CMSs that stands for content management systems, basically a way to publish a website. They said, "Well, you know, we can have 20 not that good ones or we can work together and build one amazing one." You know. <laughs> and so let's just do that because yeah. it's digital, there's no there's, um it's an account we call it an economics of abundance versus the economics of scarcity. Like in the physical world, if you have the milkshake, I don't have the milkshake. Right? Like there's only one, yeah. um, or you know, property <laughs> or anything like that. Like it's it's kind of zero sum. Um, but in the digital world, like we can have infinite copies for basically no incremental cost. And you having a hundred copies doesn't make my copies any less valuable. And in fact, you get the opposite. You get what's called the network effect, where the more copies there are of something, the more people using it, the more valuable it becomes. So one of the reasons there's a positive flywheel is like the more people that use WordPress. The more valuable it is to learn WordPress, yeah. right? Because if you're a journalist and you, you know, write for the New York Post, and then you get hired by TechCrunch or the New York Times or something else, they're also using WordPress. So you don't have to relearn a new thing. You're Sounds just smart. like, oh yeah, I'm now using this different soft, same yeah. software on a different domain. Yeah. And so there's these network effects that make it more valuable.
1: God, that's amazing. Like why? I love that. I I mean, 38 percent. That's such a that's like i mean that's crazy to think about does i'm sure that blows your mind too right that's almost half of the internet right so that's like half am i saying that right half of the internet almost half almost half the internet is using <laughs> third, wordpress is right more than a third okay i like almost half just because that sounds like <laughs> fucking crazy but almost a, a third sounds loco as well uh i mean that's nuts right the entire internet we're talking that's crazy. That's something you created in Houston, right? Just like on a whim. And you. so you could have essentially made the choice to, uh, I don't know, sell it or whatever, like not make it free and open source, right? You, you What do they call that? Closed source? I don't know.
0: Is that the right term? What, what's should, the term? We should call it proprietary. Proprietary. Right? Okay. And that's how process. all software is by default. Most things yeah. are probably proprietary that you use. But um, honestly, if WordPress had been proprietary, I don't think it would be this popular. Interesting. Like, so one of the reasons it's been popular is because it's free and open source. Yeah. So people can adapt it. They can use it. Um, if you're building a business on the web, for example, it's, um, it's way safer to actually build it on open source than a proprietary system, right? Because the proprietary company might change their mind. There's this um, cool site, I think it's called the Google Graveyard or something. And it's all the products that Google <laughs> has shut down. You know? Oh,
1: Google's horrible about that. I don't Google ever Wave, sign up for Google, Google, Google Raider, anything. Google. Yeah, I don't I don't sign up for anything, Google, because I'm like, well, they're gonna get rid of it in six months, I, why even start
0: to learn how to use Google, it? Yeah, they, they shut so many things down. And they're, you know, one of the most, they're multi-trillion, trillion and a half dollar company, and they shut things down, so. But when it's open source, it can't shut it down. If I quit WordPress, like, and I was gone, Other people just pick it up and continue it, you know, as long as there is an incentive in the world for anyone to use it, like anyone can develop it. It doesn't require me or automatic or anyone else.
1: That's so awesome, man. I I just can't tell you how cool that is. I just think that's so, you know what it is? It's fucking, it's rock and roll. That's what it is. It's rock (laughs) and roll in the tech world. That's what it is. If anyone listening
0: to this is interested in technology or wants to go into technology or wants their kids to go into technology, I would say open source is the future. So check it out. Get involved with different projects. Other than WordPress, there's there's really one for everything. So like some of the best audio editing software and video 3D mapping software and you can fly drones. You can, you know, there's so much cool stuff you can do with open source. Um, Just get involved. Wow. And what's neat is you start to look at the world in a different way. Remember I said you can start to look at the web, like a set of Lego blocks, like you can yeah. see how anything's built? Yeah. I mean, if you just look around your room, everything you're interacting with was created by people. You know, that sure SM7B microphone, like someone designed that, someone built it, someone. And they didn't know how to do it before, but they got together, they figured it out. <laughs> and there's yeah. no college courses for a lot of these things. So the best way to do it is just kind of like go online, start Googling, <laughs> look at the Wikipedia page. <laughs> You know, look up the books, look up the how-tos, watch YouTube. Like, there's so yeah. much good learning stuff out there that um, it's kind of a special time because I, I do really believe more than ever you can learn almost anything online. You're really only limited by your ambition and curiosity.
1: I, I 100% agree with that. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Um, what you know? Did, did people think you were crazy when you first were doing this? Like. Or not at all.
0: <laughs> it's a different paradigm, right? Like this economics of abundance versus scarcity. Um, I remember my grandmother, who was a big influence in my life. Like I, um, my dad's parents both died when he was pretty young, and my grandfather on my mom's side died far before I was born. So I had this like matriarch of the family, a grandmother, um, who was just really amazing, and she worked really hard. She's a real estate agent in Houston. Six kids that she raised, wow. uh, mostly after her husband passed. And um, so just an incredible influence. And she would be like, Matthew, like, if you had a nickel for every blog <laughs> or every website, And I was like, oh, it doesn't work like that. Like, <laughs> um, but that's, it doesn't mean that you don't make money. Like, you can build business models on top of open source as well. So one that we do is, like, you can get WordPress from anywhere. You could run it yourself on your home computer and get from GoDaddy, but we have a version at WordPress.com that you can sign up for, and you could pay 50 bucks all the way up to 500 bucks a year if you want to sell like a really fancy e-commerce site. And um, those subscriptions are part of how we fund doing this full time. Yeah. And uh, and so that you know, it was great because the more subscribers we get, the more people that sign up for for WordPress.com, the more that we're able to put back into developing the software, and then the software gets better
1: yeah i mean absolutely it's um yeah
0: God, it's, it's just amazing that you've i mean obviously
1: it, you must have not had any idea that it would take off like this right yeah, nah. or uh, maybe you did <laughs> so that, that was a surprise yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i mean it's a, that's an insane market share to hold right it's just um in any market share, i think of food i think if like someone was like selling 40% of the tacos in Austin, I would be pissed. (laughs) I would be pissed at that person. Like, damn, it, I'm selling tacos too. You can have 40%, you know, (laughs) this is nuts. But it's almost like if somebody was like, Oh, free and open source tacos, you know, just come and do it yourself. Mm And I understand why it's popular. Like I get why people want to be a part of it too. Right. I mean, you get to be a part of it. That's almost a reason why to jump behind it and support it and, and I just, I love that. I, I just think that's so, you know, I just think it's so cool, but I'm just so like, what you're does, a chef, right. I'm, I'm a chef. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm it's sure. actually interesting. I don't know if you've noticed as a, you're and you're from Texas as well. Yeah. From Texas. Yeah. Cool. One thing I noticed, I mean, I'm not traveling anymore, but when I used to, I noticed that barbecue started to get better all around the world. Like it used to be, it'd be like terrible, dried out, <laughs> like lean cuts <laughs> of brisket. And like, Oh, that's terrible. But then it started happening. I'd be in like, Seoul, Korea, or Paris, France, and start to have some pretty good barbecue. And I was like, what happened? And uh, it's actually, you know, a guy in Austin, um, the Franklin's guy. Fra- yeah, name? Aaron Franklin. Aaron Franklin. Yeah. He published a book, right? He open sourced and shared his techniques for how he makes amazing okay, brisket. Source. And all of a sudden, Ooh. people all over the world started to be like, oh, I can do that too. Yeah. And so now you can go, <laughs> like, I, I would say the average level of brisket in the world has gotten better. And that's, that's kind of cool. crazy.
1: That is cool. And you're 100% right. It 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 got people fired up about it. It got people excited wanting to learn about it. Man, he open source. I love that. And I've never heard it <laughs> put that way. I never heard it put that way. And that and that's a big deal actually amongst chefs to not so, I don't know, chefs are different. You know, every chef's different. Some chefs are very eager to show you how they do things and how it works mm-hmm. and how everything and and I and that's how I am and I like working with chefs like that. But I also know other chefs cool. who are like yeah you know it's a secret sauce it's a secret, it's a secret sauce you you're not even going to find out the technique or the any the anything yeah you know, like they're just not going to reveal uh what's going on and you know i don't know uh, i i do prefer <laughs> you know i, I this My angers me a little bit way. is your mom I, that I, way
0: uh, she sent me like a i think a cornbread recipe or something oh, and i have a, a good friend who's a baker in, yeah. in houston i was like hey can you make this because i'm not a good Traffic cook or anything, so I was like, "Hey, do you want to make this recipe?" And My mom was like, "You did what? You shared the <laughs> recipe? Like that was for your kids and your future wife? Like that's not. You can't give that to anyone." It's like it didn't even occur to me that, that that this cornbread recipe could be
1: a secret. Yes, or if someone ever hands you down a cast iron skillet or something like, oh, you yeah. don't screw that around. Okay, you can't. <laughs> you, you take that shit seriously. It's it's important. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that that's crazy. Um, you know, it, it makes sense that a lot of this same stuff is like, it's already a part of our lives. We just don't see it, right? And so right. this this way of doing it, um, is so, is, you know, it's been around or whatever. But I just think it's great that you made that choice because you didn't have to, right? You, I mean, you could have essentially made, but like you said, it wouldn't have...
0: It wouldn't be the thing it was today. Yeah, so you don't I, think it I would feel be like the thing. If I didn't yeah. make WordPress, someone else would have. It would be called That's, something different. But like the yeah. world needed this system. And so there's this cool theory called adjacent possibilities. And you've probably heard how like um, like different concepts in physics or math get discovered at the same time by different people. And there's always like who discovered this? Yeah. But kind of what happens is there's this what's called the realm of adjacent possibilities. So... All the conditions are there, all the, the sort of steps that lead up to this thing being discovered. And so it's not unusual that two people working completely independently might come up with the same thing It's because it's the it's adjacent possibility. So the world kind of wants that to exist um, based on everything that's happened before. So I think, you know, the the world needs an open source operating system, sort of base layer for the web, you know, yeah. just something that should exist. So... Um, we're trying to make it like, I hope that the market share is not like a success. I see it as a big responsibility because you can lose it so easily. Like it wasn't that long ago. Sure. Gosh, that remember Blackberries yeah. had like a 90% market share of smartphones Yeah. and was the last time we saw a Blackberry like, that essentially gone totally. in the space of a decade, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh, that you can lose it just as quickly. So you really have to stay on the bleeding edge. You have to really adapt and. It's, it's actually kind of like a, a treadmill. You can't get off. <laughs> <laughs> well, Technology that's crazy. Yeah. That's
1: crazy. Well, if you have everybody involved, that's almost a way to ensure it's,
0: you know, long road, right, in, in a way. But there's also open source projects where there are hundreds of people working on them that also go away. There's like a, a very fine balance. You know, you need to... Um... So I'm the, I'm the lead of the project, but it's not like... It's it's almost like uh, being a mayor or something where maybe you are elected <laughs> or unelected in my case, but you can't really tell people what to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can try to like tweak some things here and there to create the environments for your your city to thrive, but you know, people are free people. <laughs> you can't like say like do not throw the trash. Yeah, you, you can try to create a culture where like maybe people don't leave trash on the ground or have like trash cans on every corner so it's just easier to throw it away, but you can't force people to do anything. Um, so it's very similar to open source. Like I try to, you know, conduct the band, you know, I try to get yeah. a front set a tempo, say, this is going to be fun. But, um, you know, people don't, people disagree with me all the time. There's big I'm fights sure. inside the WordPress community. And uh, oh, I'm sure. it's always I re- clear. I read that. all about them. I read all kinds of stuff. It's <laughs> like, woo, Yeah. It gets spicy.
1: Oh yeah. I can't imagine for you, man. I just can't imagine. It's like, you can't win. Uh, you know, you make this free, it's open source, you're getting everybody involved, and you can't win. It's like, this, there's just going to be people mad at you no matter what, honestly. No matter what.
0: I think if you're doing something significant, it's going to create pushback. Yes. 100%. And you, you nailed it earlier. It's way better. I think you want to be either loved or hated. The worst is just apathy. If No one cares whether what you're doing exists or not. um that's kind of like the the valley of death, you know. You want you want to be on one side, and hopefully more people liking it than than hating it. But we're <laughs> always yeah. going to have a few. Yes. Um, no change has ever happened in the world without people pushing back on it.
1: You know these and these people that push back on WordPress or complain about they're using it right at the same time they're still using the
0: product. I mean, it's great. <laughs> exactly. It's like. You know, and also good. it makes you better. You know, sometimes yeah, it's that critique right. or that person criticizing you, sure, uh, in a way you hadn't thought of, that like can help you realize there's something that you were missing, or something you need to get better. So that's why, even you know, I think a really valuable skill when you're building software, particularly online and public, is we say there's a nugget of gold in every every virtual, every hate, every complaint, everything. So what we try to do is no matter how, maybe it's like really attacking you and saying I'm a terrible person, but like kind of keep digging and see where that nugget is. Like see what it was that's at the core of that or what maybe made someone feel that way. Um, If you can have empathy for that and try to understand it, it can actually be really, really valuable for helping you discern what the next best steps are for the software
1: well that's very big of you to think like that to be honest with you i'm sure for me that would be tough as hell if somebody's coming at me coming in hot you know what i mean if you're coming in hot i'm not it's hard for me to respond but then again i'm a passionate you know latin chef like i you know what i mean i i can get riled up like that bro it's 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 uh I would not be good. Have you ever good. had
0: someone send back a dish or something?
1: Oh, yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Um, yes, it happens a lot. Uh, now, granted, I will say, and uh, with customers, I'm, um, I'm as slick as James Bond. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, there's two, there's always two faces to a chef. There's the chef in the kitchen and the chef out front. So, yeah, of yeah. course. So if so, look, I don't even argue with people if they say the dish. Yeah. I don't. I don't even get into this that or the other okay great new new dish who cares yeah. right just get them the new dish and let's move on uh there's no point in arguing whatever now when i'm back in the kitchen yes
0: like
1: yes i hate i hate to admit that kitchen yeah that's true i hate to admit that actually uh, but yeah that's exactly what i'll do we'll take a dish back and get some spoon i'll be tasting that dish to find out what's going on i probably trust me i want to know if you don't like your dish like tell me don't don't hide it don't See, there you go. You want that feedback. You want feedback. The worst chefs are the ones that like, don't tell me anything. Just shut your mouth. It's like, no, you want people to tell you because otherwise you don't know what's going on. Plus what's the whole, why did you open up this place for yourself? (laughs) No, you opened it. So other people would come and sit. So literally the value is sitting in those seats, right? Like you got to take care of those people. That's why you're open. That's why you're doing this. So yeah, I'm very much a just you know, just let's get it fixed. Let's get it. And whether I agree with you or not, doesn't matter. Right. Like I'm mean, you know, yeah. and, and honestly, nine times out of 10, they're right. The person's right. Usually you get it to the back. Mm. You taste, you go, damn, that is burnt or that is too salty or that no, is too happens. whatever. Yeah. yeah, it happens. It happens, you know, and you gotta, you gotta admit it. You gotta put your pride aside and admit that there's a problem and fix it, you know? And, and that is a huge problem in cooking, to be honest with you. I, do you think that's a problem with what you do as well? People just get so bullheaded. They're just like, "Nope, no problem here.
0: Well. It's interesting because software is a dynamic system, meaning that um, if someone doesn't figure it out or says something's wrong, maybe there's something you could have done earlier that would have kept them from getting to that point, you know, labeled a button differently or had an interface works differently. Um, and then, you know, the inputs from that go into the outputs of the next thing. So that's what I mean by dynamic system. Yeah. Um, where a dish is kind of like, I remember a sommelier told me once, you know, um, when someone says uh, a bottle is corked, if uh, sometimes the person just doesn't
1: they know, don't what, know that, what that means. That they don't not <laughs> like. Yeah.
0: And so what they told me, the secret is, if they offer to bring back another bottle of the same vintage, same producer, the bottle was probably corked, which happens, you know, right? Yes. A few percent are, are going to happen. It,
1: it actually happens quite a bit more than uh, you think. Huh.
0: Yeah. And some people don't know, which is also. Yeah. Um, but if they offer to bring you a different bottle, it might be that you just might not understand the taste of that and it doesn't appeal to you. And so they're trying to bring you something that might be more palatable or more in your, um, maybe more accessible as like a wine. But, um, but the wine's finished, right? Like you can't yeah. go in and like, Mix some other <laughs> varietals into it or like re it and bring hilarious. it back out. Like it's kind of done. So I think that's probably a good metaphor. And I always think about that, especially if I ever send back a bottle of wine. <laughs> like, do they offer me the same one or is it like, are they like, oh, sorry, that was one of our last ones? Kind of get you something <laughs> different. Like, oh, that might have been me. <laughs> <That is laughs> Maybe so I'm just dumb. Funny. That is so you know what hilarious. I always look for though is I always ask them to taste it, right? I'm like, yes. hey, just you mind trying this? I'm not sure. And, um, you can usually tell by their face. Like, by you, their... You, I
1: mean, to be frank, you don't need to taste a corked wine. You can smell it. It's it's immediate. Yeah. it's it's in the nose. Uh, sometimes you know. with
0: older wines, like they do, sometimes get a little funky, and that's like how they're supposed to taste. But
1: sure, sure. Um, it, you know, I'm actually a Psalm as well. Um, Barnyard. Oh, you are? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did the first level some, you know, awesome. 12, I think 11 years ago. Before I moved to Spain, I, I was like, oh, I, I, you know, became a song. I was like, oh, I got to go to Europe now and live in the vineyards. And I did. It was great. Um, wow. But you you learn a lot more about wine, to be honest with you. You learn what wine really is and what it's not. It's it's almost probably like coding. You know, probably some people have this yeah. idea of coding. It's this, 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 and this. Same with wine. Wine is this oh, big pretentious thing. We got to you know, spend a lot of money. It's like, no, no, no. Okay. Go, go talk to real people who make wine and drink wine. And, you know, wine is such a, it's just such a wide world of, yeah. of things. Right. Um, So, but yeah, I love that about the vintages and the cork, you know, that, that is so true Um, that they'll, you know, shit, I used to do it. You know, that's exactly, <laughs> you, you don't know what the customer knows. Okay, mm. it's that simple. I, I don't know your knowledge. And you're gonna try to, to tell me at some point, probably you're gonna try to there's just things that people do. They they drop certain names or they say certain things yeah. or you see them on the menu. Oh yeah, Meritage, you know, or, or <laughs> Chateau neuf du pop, you know. You're like, oh okay, you know how to say that. That means you know you know I, something.
0: I'm so bad at pronouncing everything. <laughs> they probably think I'm some sort of country bumpkin.
1: <laughs> Not at all, man. It's you know, and no one should be pretentious about the names either. It's like, yeah. bitch, you you didn't know how to say it till someone showed you either, right? Like you're not <laughs> you're not French. You didn't grow up in Bordeaux. You don't know how to say these names. I promise you. Um, so yeah, I mean that stuff doesn't even bother me. You know, again, I, I let go of the pretension of wine by going to the old world wines and and working with real winemakers. and The farms,
0: right? They're growing stuff.
1: Yeah, Yeah. the farms. They're growing stuff. These are people that, you know, we're drinking wine out of barrels, out of bowls. You know, I just, (laughs) I got a bowl. I'm just drinking wine. It it was like, it it just showed me that not to take it as seriously as I used to and be so pretentious about me i used to be a little pretentious about a little oh you don't know what you're talking about and it's this and this and blah 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 you know (laughs) and and it just like okay that working with actual professionals and master sommeliers you know i trained under a master sommelier you you learn that and mind you there's only like a hundred or less in the world so it's incredible you know you just learn that it's it's more than w- what you think it is, you know, and less than what you think it is, if that makes sense. You know, you, you just learn to appreciate what's the trueness of the wine and not the price or right. Like this This the stupid things people think makes a good wine ordering by right. Like that's not what makes a good wine uh, by price mm-hmm. or. Or this, or even the name, right? That doesn't even necessarily mean it's going to be uh, a good wine. But you know, we could talk about that all day. I'm sorry. Um, I, I want to <laughs> no, get loved, in some more. I love
0: talking about wine. It's interesting. Like um, the times when I've learned the most about wine is when I had someone kind of teaching me. Like um, I had this friend. He's passed away, but his name was Dean Allen. And we were at a restaurant, and uh, and we got a cork bottle. And he was like let me show you. He's like, do you mind, do you mind if we like pour a few, like pour a little bit of this for everyone and then let's we'll get another bottle and it came uncorked and you kind of like smelled each one. I was like, oh, I see. There's like this yeah. wet cardboard thing. Yeah. And, you know, it was, I'd probably had a dozen bottles of corked wine before. I just thought it was something that I didn't, I didn't know or didn't like <laughs> oh, no! And it's uh, and no. it wasn't until you had that kind of side by side that the really side learn. by side
1: is crucial. That's uh, yeah. absolutely crucial.
0: There was a guy I met in San Francisco, um, Bob Perkowitz, actually, and he he was just a guy I met. Actually, I was I through like some random thing in San Francisco, and he just kind of took me under his wing. And he was like, "Hey, he had been collecting wines in '70s. Like, here, let's like um, let's try some wines, the exact same vineyard, like five to eight years apart." You know, here's like an 80, here's an 88, here's like a 96 or something. And then let's try <laughs> wow, the same year with different vineyards. You know, so we did like some vertical and some horizontal. And, um, and then he drew a little map on a napkin, like here's where this region was. And it's kind wow. of wild. I was like, actually, it's you know what it, it makes me think of for software as well is how important education is for creating the market jazz. Yeah. Like I, I play jazz. <laughs> yeah. Jazz fans oh. are created oh. by people learning how to play jazz. Like most people, including myself, don't become jazz, professional jazz musicians. But for the rest of my life, I'll appreciate jazz and listen to jazz and go to jazz concerts. So they they created the market. You know, uh, when you learn about wine and when you educate people on wine, it's creating the consumers and hopefully the more sophisticated consumers that'll appreciate those who do put more care into it or things like that. And that's yes. what keeps the market going. So for most of these sort of higher end markets, education is key to creating the next generation of, of uh, people who will be consumers and support the patrons of it. Yeah, that's a great, that, that's honestly
1: a, a big reason why
0: wine has grown so
1: much in the United States in the last, right, 10, 15 mm-hmm. years where it wasn't popular at all to drink wine, maybe in California, right, or something. But now wine is grown in Texas, for instance, it's really good wine. Really? You, you, you'd be surprised. Yes. I uh, thought
0: they tar- import a lot of the grapes.
1: They they do import some juice, but we also grow a lot of grapes here too. Tempranillo, for oh. instance, uh, is probably the best grape to grow.
0: Is that an Italian in. one? Uh,
1: Tempranillo is a Spanish grape. Um, oh, cool. It's grown a lot like all over Spain, to be honest with you. It's pr- definitely the most... Uh, Use grape in Spanish wine by, by far is uh, Tempranillo grape. So just uh, especially in Southern cool. Spain, which is very similar to Texas, uh, you know, terrain and whatnot. So they that that's one of the most popular grapes. But yeah, I've seen wine distilleries, uh, breweries, a lot of distilleries. Like bo- they're blowing up here in Texas. Yeah. yeah, all over. Right, it's become popular because more people know about it. Like you said, they got educated, and now you get a little educated about something. You're like, oh, let's go out and. <laughs> you know learn learn some more uh, you which is great appreciate it better yes you know I, I, and, and you know you make a good point because i think that's what keeps it going and grows it more i think that's a great point you know the education which, uh, of part of spain did you live in uh i lived in uh granada in the south and i lived oh, cool. in uh, galicia which was up yeah. north west above uh, portugal for the bagpipes uh, and the. <laughs> and yeah. the cool i lived in uh it. barcelona for very very briefly Uh And um, I lived in a town called Cáceres, which is uh, in Extremadura, uh, which is just outside of Madrid near the Portuguese border. That's where my wife's family is from.
0: Oh, amazing.
1: And uh, yeah, I kind of lived, I lived in a lot of different places. I worked a lot of different places too. travel around, uh, uh, working in different restaurants and bars and, uh, you know. And what an
0: amazing place, like. One of the places that blew me away was, um, ah, gosh, what's the city with the Guggenheim Museum? Uh, pff, I pff, it's really inexpensive, I, and I've never even his been there. Name <laughs> is escaping me, gosh! Um, but you know, it was it was just one of these places where you could what's it called? Pin, pin the things on pinchos, the pinchos, pinchos. Pinchos. I didn't want to say the wrong word. No, no, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. And uh, they're so good. And like, you know, you just walk in and like this small little bar or I remember having a dish that was like eggs and rice and ham and like uh, potatoes and yeah, what would that have been? But it was like uh, one of my favorite dishes I've ever had. And it was so simple.
1: That sounds like a tortilla, um, but right. it could
0: also – did you say rice? You know, I don't think it was rice. I think it was mostly potatoes. Um, like a cool spicy aioli like um, jamon and it's just really great Um, oh you you might have had patatas
1: bravas
0: uh patatas alioli
1: Uh, there's a lot of different um obviously what, what was it oh bilbao yeah yeah i've been to bilbao Beautiful. one of
0: my favorite cities in spain but that's a place i definitely when all this crazy pandemic stuff is over want to spend some time i'm looking forward to going back to europe someday yeah my wife's there right now
1: actually she had to go take um she left a few weeks ago had to go take care of her family mm. so she's yeah, she's gonna be in spain till january man i don't get to see my wife till january it's a nightmare for me
0: can yeah. you head over there if you go through like uk or something or are you
1: um yeah that's a good question. I don't think so yeah. she she had she had a lot of trouble just getting there. she had to get special permission from the embassy and this letter and blah 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 because she was going to take care of her family um yeah Americans and she's dual citizen. I'm not a dual citizen so mm-hmm. they probably would not they probably kick my ass out in two seconds mm-hmm. I guarantee you they they uh,
0: yeah although I have some friends that have been posting from there in places that look like not even locked down like it seems like things are getting sure. back to normal pretty quickly they're trying uh, I, I hope we can uh, have here too someday yeah man it's
1: been nuts right this whole especially in texas global yeah that's that's very true you know i'm lucky i'm in travis county in austin where the numbers really are not too too crazy um mm-hmm. and and to be fair like I'm holed up in my house I, and I have been really since March. Like I barely leave to go, I go to the grocery store, maybe to the, you know, mm-hmm. to, to whatever, um, uh, the lake, uh, not the lake, the river sometimes to walk my mm-hmm. dogs when nobody's around. Right. I, I make sure of that, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's been nuts. It, it, you don't want
0: to play around with it. I have some friends who are. Pretty right. young, very healthy, athletic that got hit really, really hard. And, really? and still, even months later, are having issues. So I do think if you can avoid it, it's the thing to do. Yeah, that's,
1: that's my thing. I don't have to. So why, why would I put myself in that position? What what have you been doing this whole time? Just um, is, is that sort of your position? Are you in, or first of all, where are you at in, in the world? I'm based in Houston,
0: Texas. Yeah, oh, you are in um, Houston. Yeah. Um, the. You know, our company's distributed as well, so we didn't really have an office before, we just worked together online. Um, so most of my work is just kind of looking at, you know, a computer like this. I'm yeah. <laughs> um, on video calls, you know, probably a few hours a week, and then lots of um, essentially managing the people and the product uh, for all the things we do. Um, so that part of my work didn't really change too much. Uh, ordering in instead of going out to restaurants and i used to travel quite a bit because the wordpress community is really all over the world and my colleagues are all over the world yeah so i traveled last year with a pk i flew over five hundred thousand miles which was a lot holy cow. all over and Jesus. um because i could work anywhere i just work yeah. wherever i was yeah um, even on planes they have wi-fi now uh so just stopping was was really nice but uh being very careful you know my mom's older um, want to make sure she stays safe yeah um, you know, there's a few friends I see you know have kind of been a pod but um, they obviously have parents loved ones, so I want them to be careful but do really think about it you know I have a, a few friends internationally that have been affected my best friend in Houston is a firefighter so he's on the front lines oh, of yeah. Uh, yeah. A things he's been saved so far so you know praying for him making sure for he's okay sure. absolutely absolutely yeah.
1: Yeah, well, that's um, well, that's great. So it didn't, it, you know, didn't seem like too much of a. I, I worked from home too as well before this, so it was kind of like cool. Not not as big a change, um, but I didn't travel five hundred thousand miles a year uh, <laughs> on planes. I don't know if I recommend it, that
0: was definitely too much. Yeah. That sounds
1: crazy, Matt. I'm not gonna lie, that sounds absolutely crazy. I, I I hate flying, to be honest with you, and I've flown uh-huh. a lot. Um, I, I I every time it bothers me. I. Taking off and landing. Uh, and a planes bothers- are my happy place. Oh, no. That kind of no. like when it
0: first starts to lift off and the, the wheels oh, I hate lift that. Oh, that. Oh, moment. I
1: hate that feeling. Uh, no. oh, I hate it so much.
0: And I got really productive on planes. It's actually something I had to adjust to, which is because on a plane, you're like, you got your little, your little pod, right? Yeah. <laughs> People bring you food and water. <laughs> you, you got a little desk. You can like, you know, you're all comfortable. You can recline. You can. So it's kind of like a... I don't know, maybe it was like Wally or something. I was just like in in my (laughs) hyperproductive mode. And then when I came home and started working from home a lot more uh, versus being on the road, I I just kind of, you know, because my day was less structured, I didn't have to be as focused. And so at the very beginning of the pandemic, I found like I was far more distracted. I think also because we were facing this worldwide pandemic that, you know, I was getting drawn into the news and worrying about friends and things like that, colleagues. So. That was probably part of it as well, but it was interesting. I, I've tried to build in a lot more structure to my day that I used to get for free because I was moving around. Now I, you know, try to have a routine, try to go for walks, try to exercise yeah. certain times, uh, meditate, just to find like those um, those routines that can ha- of help. Just get your neighbor
1: day. to like strip search you, just to, you know what I mean, <laughs> just to put you right back in the Ooh. airport mindset, just like okay, let's do this. You know, well, luckily <laughs> that's never happened to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Been patted down, but never searched. Too bad. Yeah, me neither. I've I've been
1: patted down, but yeah, thank God uh, that never happens. Uh, sir, can we <laughs> see you over here? You're just like, oh God,
0: I, I hope I never hear that. <laughs> I've had it where they go through your luggage, which is always embarrassing, especially if you're returning and it's all like dirty clothes. You're like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah. I'm> sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah. oh, the most trouble I've ever had traveling was to Canada. I had a real hard time with the immigration really they were kind of like it was when early days of wordpress automatic they were like what do you do how do you make money What's the, Is this a real job i guess they were worried i was gonna in canada um, is this a real and, job <laughs> 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 and uh, once when um, leaving israel actually so not going in it was yeah. fine but on leaving um they really like went through my passport and something and I, I think I answered a question wrong where they uh, they had asked me how many times I'd been in Indonesia and I I thought once but it had been twice or something and so they they pulled me aside and they went through oh, every man. single thing and they like took my nail clipper <laughs> they, like, you know all this oh sort God. of stuff iPads are just coming out and they 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 x-rayed the iPad and they weren't comfortable with it so they like wrapped it up in its own box and wouldn't let me touch it and it had a ride in the cargo hold instead of uh God. with me on the flight. So that was just kind of funny. But um I get it, you know, you, you want to be safe. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yes. It's we want
0: wanna be safe. It's bizarre.
1: You know, it's a little uncomfortable. I obviously you
0: remember flying before nine eleven, right? That's when everything changed. Vaguely, yeah. I was pretty young then, but it was like yeah. it was I remember, you know, they could come up to the gate, wave at you. That was nice.
1: Yeah, you used to be able to go pick people up when they come out of the gate. You'd be right, right you know, right there, or like you said, you drop people off. Um, yeah, it's just so you could wait with people. Right? I mean, just food. I mean, it was just so. Di- I mean, <laughs> was just so relaxed and you know, very cavalier uh, back back in those days. So I, I honestly don't mind all the uh, procedures. Yeah, I can definitely be frustrating sometimes, but you know, mm. we, we need it, right? We need uh, we, we need that protection. Um, maybe. well, Matt, yeah, may, may, maybe, uh, well, look, man, I don't, I don't want to keep you too much time, but I do want to quickly, um, mention a, a few things before, you know, that we go. I, I know you have a podcast too, so I want to quickly talk about that. You know, I want people to know about your podcast. I'll listen to a couple episodes and I just, uh, man, Matt, that's just so much I could talk to you about, man. That's a problem. It's just not enough time. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit about, um,
0: your, your great podcast. Sure. Um, so like I said, my company is totally remote, totally distributed, and we have been for 15 years now. We're about 1,300 people. So as we grew, we were able to figure out different things that worked or didn't. And we're not the only company, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, we weren't the only company doing this. So I, I wanted to interview other companies who were really good at this, and we were anywhere from 100 people to thousands of people, and get their best practices. So think of it kind of like a management podcast, if you're running a company, starting a business, or managing other people. Um, hopefully, there's some things you can learn from it. It's that uh, distributed blog. It's or you can just search for distributed on like Spotify, Apple, whatever, wherever you get your podcast. And um, and it's been a lot of fun. A good recent episode that I had a lot of fun with was um, with Adam Ghazali. I forget what number the episode was, but he's the head of neuroscience at University of San Francisco, wow. UCSF. So all how the brain works, the chemicals, yeah. everything. And we talked about distraction. So it's could be pretty interesting if you find yourself battling distractions having trouble focusing anything like that Uh, he's got some really good tips from kind of a science-based point of view for how to focus better
1: that's awesome you know that's that is so cool um that's uh, you know just a side note that's my problem distraction um but (laughs) right you know yeah it's it's that's a tough one um but yeah what i loved is reading that that you you know you have this company everybody excuse me you know everybody's all over the world everyone's spread out right there's no physical office where you guys like meet and sip at the water cooler right like that's that's basically our company too you know we're all we we were just talking about that in a in a zoom meeting um yesterday with our pr person like you know you're in you're in france you're in serbia you're in romania you're in (laughs) london i'm in austin right it was just so cool it was like this is our life though this is what we do right this is everybody somewhere else and we work so well together remotely i've never worked like this Mm -hmm. to be honest with you i've always worked right i'm I'm used to restaurants and kitchens where i'm with the people i i work with right right next to them um so i'm not used to this remote thing but it's fascinating and it works actually so well in some ways um and I'm amazed at the amount of work we get to drive, done.
0: Right, there's a learning curve. So that when that you first too. start it, it's probably not fun, but uh, but once you get the groove of it, can be like a pretty, I think a really amazing way to connect to people. You know, you found people. In it sounds like five or six different countries that are passionate about whatever you're passionate about, and you can work together and create something that the world's never seen before. And that's powerful.
1: Man, that's the best way to put it. I I didn't put it so eloquently, but yeah, that's that's okay. it, man. And there's even more than that, right? I, you know i'm just a part of of the company sebastian who uh Sauerborn, who runs everything he owns multiple companies that's how, but that's how he runs all of them everybody's cool just boom 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 and i love that i i, I wasn't sure about that at the beginning i thought i guess i'm just not used to that but that's it. that's the it's, new way right the, this yeah, is the future used to it. this is the future
0: i, th- I feel like it's going to bifurcate a little bit so com- jobs that can be done online um, will be you know, yeah. there's no reason to pay a ton for an office and make everyone commute and everything like that if you don't need to. And I do think there's also gonna be like human connection being physically together is so powerful. It's very powerful. I, takeout delivery is not the same. It was like an amazing restaurant experience. You know, when someone can curate That's the right. environment, the music, <laughs> the aromas of the kitchen, you know, the sounds, the, all the lighting, all that sort of stuff, it, it can be so special. And, you know, there's the equivalents of that for dance, for music, for everything yeah. um, that, you know, th- there is something really magical about it, getting people together. But maybe that'll go more to the experiential route. Like instead of just, all will to into the same place and staring on our computers for eight hours. <laughs> like, let's all go to the same place and do something that we could only do if we're together in person, like dance or, or listen to a Grateful Dead or something.
1: <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's a great point. That's, Man, that's it. I mean, you know, and the pandemic has pushed a lot of these, you know, new ways, you know, either to the, you know, forward or, right. I mean, it's sort of just, um, just, you know, made it come quicker, I think, in a lot of ways, at least in Austin, I know that a lot of the commercial real estate is, they're talking about like, screwed. You know, there's so many people that aren't going to want to, you know, release these offices or come back in and, you know, do this stuff because they found
0: success in being remote, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think that's going to cause, that's going to hurt in the short term, right? Yeah. Because I do believe that a lot of these offices, it just doesn't make sense for them to spend that much on real estate. But then what opportunities does that open up? Yeah. Like, think how much commercial real estate there is in most downtowns or cities like San Francisco. Could that be repurposed to be housing? Exactly. And maybe that's a way to, like, really address some of the housing crises that make these cities unaffordable, including Austin itself, like, totally. you know? <laughs> It's um, my sister expensive. lives in austin like oh, it could be does, just yeah. as expensive as new york or san francisco in certain spots yep. so what can we do to like just make it easier for people to live together or could that revitalize parts of town that maybe were dead at night because there's just a bunch of office people and now people can actually live and work there and that becomes like the new hip area yeah um it gets kind of you know gentrified we use in a prerogative sense, usually, but it can also be an exciting revitalization of a neighborhood that was maybe a little hollowed out before.
1: That's a great point. Damn. That's a smart point. I I really like that. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, we'll We'll see see what what happens. happens. (laughs) Maybe people just
0: want to be with their colleagues again, and they'll just bounce back. (laughs) I mean, there is something to to say about that,
1: right? There is something to say about that. I, I was talking to my brother who works, he's been working at home, I don't know, I guess 10 years now from home. And he told me, you know, over the past couple of years, even before the pandemic, like, look, man, I'm, I've am i been getting really antsy and really like, he's like, I miss just going to an office and having a meeting or just, you know, <laughs> s- sitting down and talking with somebody like a face to face. He's like, I miss that. I, mi- I actually miss it. And it made him want to start looking for a new job because, huh. because of that. But you still, you know, you get all the advantages of working from home, you don't have to commute, right? You get to save all that money, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And it just, you know, still wasn't fulfilling to to
0: some extent, you know? What we do in normal times is, you know, we have people from all over the world is, we would uh, basically travel three or four weeks out of the year. So if you were on a team, you would go and spend a week with that team, someplace interesting, maybe in Renata, maybe, you know, it doesn't really matter to us where you go. and so you'd get to really be with your team and build that trust, break bread, share a beverage, like, you know, do those things that are great for building that trust between teams. Um, and then once year you bring the whole company together, so that's obviously off the table for now. And I do miss it. So I think yeah. there is some aspect of that, that if you can build that in, it's really, really powerful. Also, when we get back to normal, one thing we'd always encourage people to do is like, you know, don't just eat lunch by yourself every day.
1: Like all your friends,
0: like maybe they work in offices, but they can get leave for lunch. Like go like, instead of just having a social network by default with your colleagues, who do you actually want to spend time with? Is it your loved ones? Is it your family? Is it your like friends is, you know, you maybe could drive two hours to see them or like, you know, take, see a matinee because you can shift your work. Um, So go to the restaurants or the grocery store or the movie theater when it's not crowded. that's you know obviously normal time stuff, but if you can build that in, um, it's actually really nice to time shift uh, to go to the gym when not everyone else is at the gym. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Matt, you know, you seem like such a person that's focused on productivity, right? Just getting to the <laughs> get, getting to the right thing. Listen to no matter prayers, what, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I'm here. I'm just. I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking. I'm thinking about your answers, and I'm thinking like, what, where, what made you came, what made you come to those conclusions? And my, you know, I just, I can just tell from your heart that at the end of the day, you just want, you know, productivity, right? You just want something to happen. However, that happens, whatever the easiest way for that to happen, whatever the way that that person, you know, is going to be the most productive, let's do it that way. And it doesn't matter to you so much the journey as the destination i don't know i could be wrong um but that's it's that's kind of what i get for me yeah yeah, yeah absolutely not one I, size but, fits all, for sure for sure i mean that's that's 100 sure um I, I would say that as a compliment man I, I think that's a great quality to have as a person um I, I don't think a lot of people have that in fact i don't think many people at all have that sort of quality of that they just think that hey this is it it's a b and c that's it it goes in this box this is what we do there's no change in it. And you just seem very open to adapting and change and listening. And, um, you know, and that's just such a rare characteristic. You might see it as, well, that seems normal to me that this is what you do. It's like, mm, that's not really how a lot of America wor- or the world works, uh, to be honest with you. So, It's interesting say- you put that.
0: I think the media often tries to make successful people look like they have really firm, like immovable views on things. But of all the most successful people I've ever met in technology, music, et cetera, like they're all pretty humble and open minded, you know, because you start to see that there's more than one way to do it. There's more than one path. And the more you learn, the more you know you don't know.
1: That's absolutely true. I say that all the time. The older I get, the more I realize I don't know shit. (laughs) (laughs) There's just so much more to learn. Yeah.
0: Versus when you're young and know everything. Yeah, when you're young, you're like, I got this. This is, is <laughs> I figured this a, it out. I think school.
1: cool. Yeah, I, fi- I figured it out. This is what everyone's complaining about? This is nothing, <laughs> right? Like, this is not, what are people bitching about? But then, yeah, you're right. As you get older, you're like, whoa, okay. You know, just, just so I remember the first time somebody, I don't remember, but, you know, somebody telling me, like, how big the universe is, and you just think, okay, what am I, right? What, what, <laughs> what? What is the point of this? Why are we even going to work? Why am I going to finish this chicken Parmesan? What is the point (laughs) of this? This has no meaning anymore. Um, You know, it's crazy. It's
0: crazy to think about this. Or it gets more meaning. Or it gets
1: more meaning. Because
0: we're part of something so much bigger. I I think you can look at it either way. Um, You can kind of look at the stars, stare into the stars and feel like so infinitesimal that it's like, why do I go on? Or there's a sort of a, just a tweak to it actually, which is like, wow, I'm, I'm part of such a much bigger thing, a much, much bigger hole. Yeah. And like how petty are our differences on this one little rock around this one little star? <laughs> like let's, let's, you know, let's work that out. <laughs> We're on the same, same spaceship, planet earth. Like, uh, it's, you know, it kind of, it, it can make things that were bothering you seem smaller. So hopefully it makes the bad things seem small, not the, not the good things.
1: No, that's exactly, uh, that, that's exactly it, man. That That's, that's absolutely it. You just, it makes you perspective, right? Just puts things into perspective and you go, what am I bitching about? What am I so angry about? You know? Uh, yeah, that, that definitely, that definitely helps makes you appreciate, you know what you have that that honestly probably just for me just comes from not I didn't grow up with money right my family wasn't wealthy or anything so I learned very young to appreciate the things i have and work work for the things you want you know mm-hmm. not it's not don't there's nobody going to be coming around the corner you know ready to hand it to you if you want yeah. something go get it i mean it's that simple yeah. there's no there's no <laughs> there's no secret to the success
0: i love that kind of it's a very texan point of view too yeah you know, there's like this like help your neighbor and be self-sufficient and that's that's a really good um really good mix like people are always uh, I bring a lot of friends to Texas and they're always surprised at how friendly people are. I don't know what their perception is, but I'm like, yeah, Texas <laughs> is a place that if your your car' is broken down inside a road, a couple of people are gonna to stop to help you. I remember I was on um this place where i think we're 45 me 610 which is like a really busy part of of a uh, houston freeway system i was in the left lane and my car just died you know oh no in college i had all these old cars and so like i sputtered to a stop <laughs> and i'm in the left lane of a freeway there's no shoulder and it's, this is like a busy busy oh. freeway and some guy in a pickup truck comes out stops his truck next to me and then essentially, like, stops traffic, I, I a tire that had blown, stops the entire freeway traffic, gets out with his hand up, And, like, <laughs> so I can limp over to the right side of the road um, that the car can limp over, you know, I was, yeah. I was fine. But, like, the, I can kind of, like, roll on the rim of the, the tire to the shoulder. And then the guy just walks back, waves, smiles, and goes, <laughs> you know, merry way. And never seen him before, never seen him again. But, like, to me, that's, like, the Texas spirit.
1: That's it. That's like the most Texas story I ever heard. I love it. That's like (laughs) it really that's Texas. A guy in a pickup truck stopped to help you. Yeah. How many times is that that's like (laughs) that is so true. All the time. They're constantly there. Like they like it too. They like helping. They like that's why another thing I love about Texas. Feels good. Feels good. Feels good to help people. Yep. Feels good to just, you know, do something for your neighbor. You know? So
0: yeah. Whenever I'm really down or depressed or like the thing that snaps me out of the most music and helping other people you know if you can kind of contribute you know help a friend help a cause donate to a charity like it um it kind of i think because it builds that connection i think a lot of for me like depression is like feeling disconnected or separation from the world and so when you can feel more connected it it actually is quite a kind of gets you back on track yeah oh that's
1: that's powerful that's absolutely true man I, i agree with that as well Yeah, this has been. I gotta tell you, Matt, this has been such an amazing conversation, man. I I really, I gotta say, really enjoyed it. um, Yeah, uh, (laughs) I I really. Good luck
0: with this podcast. I hope it turns (laughs) into like the most awesome thing. Is already really. We're trying,
1: we're trying, man. Best Texas
0: flag. (laughs)
1: It's a little over, a little over the top. I think Um, I'm not a very like patriotic (laughs) person. You you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just like this massive. (laughs) uh thank they- <laughs> like you yeah, texas yeah. Size. <laughs> That's uh no man i appreciate it. look we're trying to become the best podcast in texas we just launched this cool. year so we're trying man we're going little by little um, and then joe so- rogan's moving there <laughs> he's coming here to austin it's so crazy some- i think i think to it's Tim gonna Ferris
0: help and joe, or- Tim and Joe are both in Austin, so you're in the right space. You must be in the podcast capital of the world.
1: Yeah, but you know who else is here? Alex Jones, so that doesn't make me feel better, right? That's like <laughs> the, the craziest of crazies is here in Austin. It's nuts. I it, see them it, uh, on South Congress, like driving down really? in these... Yeah, they dr- I live off South Congress. So I live, you know, in a good part of Austin, great, okay, blah, 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 blah. But the problem is, yeah, they... The Infowars guys—they—they they have some weird black vehicle. Have you ever seen Tango and Cash? That movie—it's like some weird artillery vehicle. It's all black. <laughs> they drive it down consistent. South Congress. <laughs> it is funny, and they got these bullhorns. They just constantly screaming about—I don't even know. Honestly, I can't even understand what it happens once a week. Probably, I'm. I'm that's I'm pretty used, funny. I'm honking my horn behind him Usually, like, let me. T- I just trying to get an H E B guys.
0: Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, so far, like, far are you?
1: Get out of the way. It's so crazy. I guess, you know
0: that. I remember seeing it with the the first with the bullhorn and the Bible. You know, yeah, on, that's on it. the corners and things totally. like people <laughs> proselytize, and um, I, I like living in a country where people can do that. One hundred percent. I'm all about the yeah no. freedom of
1: speech too. One hundred percent. Let them do it. Let them say it. Uh, don't bother me. Just sometimes when I'm trying to get to HEB, I'm just like, just, <laughs> just let me <laughs> get like, around. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, but yeah. Uh, but again, man, I uh, think. Yeah. No, man, I really, really do appreciate it. And um, real quick before we go, just let everybody know how they can connect with you online or WordPress, whatever you want to tell people.
0: Sure. Uh, my blog is if you type in MA dot tt They'll take you to my blog, no dot com or anything. Um and on I'm on Tumblr, Instagram and uh Twitter at Photomat, which is spelled P H O T O. Like you take a photo, M A T T. So check it out. I'd love to uh to connect with folks after the show.
1: Yes. Um well again thank you so much Matt. We really, really appreciate it. Um I hope you have some good plans for, you know, the rest of the week, rest of the day, get to do something fun, get out of the house, maybe get some sun. Thanks again, Matt. All right, brother. Bye-bye. The Lone Star Plate podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers' markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplate.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time.